0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's very hard to sell people on the idea that wanting an ID to vote is a bigoted action when the people want you to have an ID to vote. Over 60% of Democrats, over 90% of Republicans, over 70% of independents, 80% of people overall, and 81% of those who make less than $50,000 a year. So, why in the world would you have ever told us that story to begin with when not only is it not true, it is so roundly defeated by the people? Never mind what took place in the Senate yesterday when they did not have the votes to even bring up the debate because Mitch McConnell. <laughs> is tougher than we all give him credit for i'm so old i remember when people hated mitch mcconnell then loved mitch mcconnell then hated mitch mcconnell and i don't know where they are now i never understood why you would hate mitch mcconnell because he disagreed with what happened at the capitol because he disagreed with president trump wait i i want to i want to lay down my marker right now because you will see this happen you will see ron DeSantis. The governor of Florida win another straw poll. You will see Trump talk about how he is the front runner, and you will hear Trump supporters say, Hey, keep it down, Donnie. We're looking at the future. That's going to happen. Mark it down. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. And here's why it's going to happen not because people are angry with Donald Trump but because since they don't know how the future is going to play out they don't want anybody taking away from the people that may need the vote you're going to make an argument that governor ron DeSantis isn't a guy who can clearly do the job and has shown it oh that's a heck of a thing to claim that is a heck of a thing to claim you mean the guy who has decided that you know what we're going to teach that communism is evil can really provide a guide to how that should be done. Uh, The bill also expands our previous efforts in civics to add a requirement for the high school government class that um, students receive instruction on the evils of communism and totalitarian ideologies. Uh, We have uh, a number of people in, in Florida, particularly southern Florida, who've escaped uh, totalitarian regimes who've escaped communist dictatorships um, to be able to come to America. Uh, we want all students to understand the difference. Why would somebody flee uh, across shark infested waters, say, leaving from Cuba to come to southern Florida? Uh, why would somebody leave a place like Vietnam? Why would people leave these countries uh, and risk their life to be able to come here? It's important that students understand that. He's not wrong. I just figured a discussion of communism and what has happened in communist nations throughout history would be enough of a reason people be like, oh yeah, that sucks. But do people really look at this and say, oh, no, 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 Trump? I don't think they do. I have made this argument many, many times that Trump has to be in the business. Uh, certainly he's going to be in the business of promoting himself. The rules haven't changed. The first rule of Trumpism is Trump wins. The second rule of Trumpism is that a deal can always be made as long as it adheres to the first rule of Trumpism. But after three and a half more years of Biden, or maybe Kamala Harris, what people are going to want is to win. And maybe the win is not going with Trump. Maybe the win is going with Trump. But you don't bash on Ron DeSantis to get there. And if Trump's doing it, people are going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Could we not, please? And one of the ways you avoid this is stop doing the damn straw polls. Stop putting stories out there that don't mean anything. Does it matter if Ron DeSantis wins a straw poll right now? Of course not. Not in any way. By the way, in the the Western Conservative Summit uh, straw poll, Ted Cruz came in third. Lion Ted came in third. So clearly... People are willing to bring him back into the good graces. I, I, put, my, I put it out there. I put my, my, my marker down. That's fine. That's good. But we're talking about voter ID because we're talking about the For the People Act and how this did not even get a debate on the Senate floor. And rightfully so because the For the People Act was not about anything that actually encouraged and strengthened voting rights. States can do this. If you ask for my first argument, my first argument is that I oppose the federal government playing in this space. I want elections without fraud. I also want elections without suppression. I oppose early voting. I think early voting is awful, but I've lost. Early voting is here to stay. So if we're gonna have early voting, I want it in secure places, and I want it in as many secure places as possible. Because it's not just Democrats who do early voting, lots of people do early voting. But I want it in a place where people show up to and vote. That's different than mail-in voting, which I vehemently oppose, because we have seen that judiciaries and legislatures will absolutely change rules to not be aggressive about ensuring that the vote comes from the right person There, oh the signatures don't match oh it's close enough it's not close enough it is a different standard and if you're not willing to uphold a standard on the vote forget you The objective should not be, well, we have to make voting easier. Whoa, 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 whoa. Voting is easy. What we have to ensure is that voting is proper. First, it's not everyone votes. It's that everyone who's a legal citizen who can vote, votes. That's number one. Number two, it is ensuring that we have the right person voting. That's voter ID laws. The people support voter ID laws. Stacey Abrams who uh can't admit that she lost a gubernatorial race is now like oh yeah voter id that's always been fine it is well hot diggity that's not what was part of this uh sb1 this for the people nonsense people talk about there should be no hurdles to voting and i say to you "Eh, i think there should be some rules to voting i don't know if i call that a hurdle I already said to you that if you're going to have early voting, I want it in more spots. I want people to be able to access uh, their polling place. Do I want mail-in voting? Absolutely not. It's just begging for fraud. Anytime you say no ID necessary, you're just begging for fraud. Same-day registration, I think you're begging for fraud. That's different than whether or not you can make changes to make voting a maybe simpler process in your state but that should happen via the state not via the federal government that's my take the idea that oh they were just trying to overhaul the system no no i don't think that's what they were trying to do The problem with some of the things in this For the People Act is not that it was, well, Democrats could do this. It's that any party in power could do X, Y, or Z. And the purpose is to be able to get parties to have some level of permanent rule. To be able to utilize the legislation as they see fit to benefit themselves as opposed to the country being able to have proper elections. This is my opposition. Is it about party, or is it about the country? I argue it has to be about the country. That's why when I hear things like this on MSNBC, I just smile. Well, I I think Senator Schumer was accurate in everything he said, and he called out the Republican Party uh, for what it is. Uh, Democrats, 50 Democrats represent 43 million more people than the 50 Republicans do, and this is a holdover um, from really the time of, of enslavement. Um, many of these senators represent places that don't have the same population, while the majority of people support this legislation. So, this is not a democracy. This is a minority um, that is controlling this. And, you know, um, at the risk of making a controversial metaphor, I mean, we, we, we know what minority rule is. And there's a term for minority rule, and that's called apartheid we fought against that so not only should we get rid of the electoral college but america's an apartheid state because it didn't pass this legislation which it turns out has provisions that the american people oppose that's special that really is well as you know the senate democrats represent more people they really believe that they should be able to oppress full on the minority they're thrilled by this idea this is representative jamal bowman talking to cnn oh if you think i'm joking swiftly the same uh, conversations need to happen when it comes to s1 the same relationships uh, need to be used that the parent the president has built over the course of his career to make sure we pass s1 again the american people have sent us here to deliver if we deliver we maintain power in 2022. If we don't and we show the inability to deliver, then we risk losing power and risk this moment in American history to really push a progressive democratic agenda. So if we don't get SB1 passed, we lose power. Now, there are two ways to take that. If we don't get it passed, we have to we have to show. Well, we won't be able to show that we're getting things done. We lose power. Or if we don't get it passed specifically then we have the chance to lose power. We've heard this uh, exact kind of conversation from Representative Ocasio-Cortez. They're both part of the squad in this uh, radical leftist culture. Guys, it's not an apartheid state and you're clearly in it for power. This is your argument. It's the same way you have the argument against the filibuster. You don't believe in the filibuster now that you have power. This is Senator Chris Murphy so have to recognize when the facts around you uh have changed uh, so uh you know we'll continue to have a really robust debate uh about the future of senate rules i may go down to the senate floor in the next 24 48 hours and um have my say on the question um, but uh it's really important that we don't give uh, the minority party in the senate uh veto power over reforms to our democracy that will save our democracy no they won't save our democracy and that's why they're vetoing it and you're not even interested in listening to them and trying to figure out where to meet them you only want to destroy them so how is it not all about power why should we trust legislation that you put forth you gotta win people to your side that's what the senate's about So the filibuster remains. The filibuster was utilized. They could not bring uh, the the For the People Act up for debate. And people like Senator Murphy of of Connecticut, a weak guy, quote me on that. I once said something about Chris Murphy, and we posted the story, and they demanded a a retraction or a correction. I was like, stop it. Stop it, you silly people. Connecticut's also the place that elected Richard Blumenthal, who lied about his Vietnam service. (laughs) Makes Ari laugh every time so when you hear these stories look at what they're saying look at what they're doing we have to stop the republicans we have to stop the minority they shouldn't have a say they don't represent enough people they shouldn't have a voice and what they're doing proves that they're just apartheid bigots even though the polling shows if for what you believe in polling that the people are not with them yeah it's an ugly scene that much is for sure I've got more uh, coming up, including what happened in Loudoun County and, uh, oh, Indiana. Don't you know how to spell? That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I'm, I'm running after you. you. You got that something that I never want to lose. lose. Yeah. It's a damn- So someone sent me an email saying that Juneteenth is critical race theory. Institutionalize that one race were slaves and we, we will be reminded every year to succumb to the rhetoric of race, privilege, and shame. That's an interesting take. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Let me give you my take. Let us institutionalize with a holiday that Democrats held slaves and Republicans and the abolitionists Oh, the Republicans were the abolitionists. Worked for their freedom to ensure a more perfect union. Now what? I get how people are going to spin it. I get how people are going to play it. You're not wrong about that, right? Because this person's email, I don't. I don't want to give names, right? Just in case you don't want your name given. I, I try and be respectful in that way. Uh, I, I, I I don't think you have a bad argument. I want to be clear about that. I think there'll be plenty of people who want to utilize these things to political advantage, and they don't actually care about the rest because what they're interested in is destruction. Remember, there are a lot of people down with critical race theory, not even questioning whether it's a legal theory or critical race studies. They believe in Ibram Kendi and they want to destroy you. That's their goal. Destroy you, shame you, get paid. If if you don't think that's the goal of some people, then clearly you haven't been paying attention to Black Lives Matter, where we learned that it was all a grift. And Patrice Cullors, who just stepped away, has four houses worth $3.2 million, and she is is doing vacations, and she's near this celebrity. Oh, and she's got book deals. Meanwhile, the people who actually bought into Black Lives Matter, they still have their business destroyed, and nobody sent them a dime to help them, even though BLM took in millions and millions and millions of dollars from companies that wanted to assuage their so-called guilt and not get hurt so they wrote a check I can't define it much better than that I mean you you gotta make a, a promo for the show on that one I mean that's just spelling it out clear as day equal or better than anybody else in the country we just spelled it out perfectly so I'm not disagreeing that some people will use Juneteenth to this I think we got to be very loud the other way. And this is what happens when you understand how important culture is and how to fight in it. Street art and films, documentaries, music. Juneteenth is the celebration of freedom. And it was the abolitionists, the Republicans, who fought for freedom. And today's Democrats are still not fighting for freedom. They fight to marginalize and demonize the people who disagree with them. Now, I'm not saying that isn't happening on the political right. It actually drives me crazy. I'm just saying what is built into the fabric of a Jamal Bowman and Ocasio-Cortez and Andre Carson, etc. So that's the way I, that's my, my visualization. Let's remind people every year that slavery is evil. And let's remind people every year of those Americans who fought to ensure that all men are free, all women too. That's my take. You're not wrong, and neither am I. You, you can argue that I've got a, a higher, uh, I've got a bigger road uh, to, to to go over because look how low hanging fruit this is. I'm not going to say no to you. Not going to say no. I'm just going to let you know how I'm going to play it how America has to play it, how it has to be taught. Because it's a great example of not denying that slavery took place in the United States. By the way, this conversation has come up to a point where I'm I'm a bit baffled. You're telling me that we have textbooks in the U.S. that don't talk about slavery? Turns out we have textbooks in the U.S. that don't talk about slavery. What the bloody hell is this? What kind of crazy is this? Who's been buying these textbooks? Just another example of how you have to go to your school board meetings, and you have to keep up with your school boards. You may have to fire some people from your school boards. Loudon County, ooh, it got rough and tumble. Some people there definitely gonna get fired. You got it. You got to be in this fight. More to get to. I'm Tony Counts. Does the White House really think that pressure on China is gonna get them to stop being you know China? Gensaki wants you to know Oh yeah, we're gonna put we're gonna put world pressure on China and that's gonna get them to be all sorts of transparent about COVID. On COVID-19 origins, Jake Sullivan said this week that if China does not let investigators probing the COVID origins in, they're going to face isolation in the international community. So what is an example of something that the White House thinks China would care about being isolated from? Well, I would say that, uh, as you know uh, from covering the trip, uh, last week there was a great deal of calibration co- uh, around in the global community among the world's largest democracies, the world's most important security partners, uh, about how we were going to work together to address uh, the rising uh, economic uh, power of China and concerns where we have concerns, which the lack of transparency is certainly one of them. So I think what the president and, and what Jake uh, Sullivan were referring to is uh, the global community has taken notice we're going to work together to uh exercise the necessary pressure on china to be a participant and to provide transparent data and access in this case pressure will not work not buying their goods will work destabilizing xi jinping and having china say hey maybe this communism isn't up to snuff will work but you have to hurt them financially to stop them Tony Katz, great to be with you guys. Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure. Always fantastic. You have to hurt them financially to stop them. You have a tremendous number of people in China who have seen growth, economic growth. We we talk about the idea of pulling people out of poverty. They have, as communists do, spread that money around and have allowed some people to amass massive wealth. And people call this state-run capitalism. They are wrong because there is no uh, descriptor of capitalism. There is only one capitalism. There is no late-stage capitalism. There is no crony capitalism. I disagree with people on this on a regular basis. On the regular, as they say in the business. There's capitalism and everything else is a bastardization of capitalism. There is no part of China that actually engages capitalism. They engage in manufacturing with forced labor. There's a difference between the two things, and they should not be in any way treated well when they do this. Thus, you should not be referring to it as any kind of capitalism. Capitalism is Amazon Prime Day. Which, as we discussed, went just nuts. People spent over one point nine billion dollars on over seventy million products. That's pretty nuts. But pressure on China. Wait, you gonna do hashtags? You think hashtags work on, on, on China? What pressure do you think is going to happen here? The only pressure is economic. And the only pressure that will work that's economic is to stop buying goods from China. When I see America actually getting into the production of drugs, not the creation of or the formulation of, but the actual production of, then I will say that's pressure. When I see nation after nation look to India as their manufacturing hub of choice, I will say that is pressure. When I see more and more nations want to work with Taiwan and being willing to float the idea that, you know, Taiwan's a great country and not apologize like John Cena, that will be pressure. I don't see any of that and this idea that that joe biden is going to rally people to this cause rally people are 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 we serious about this this idea that joe biden would even know how to rally people to a cause he's gotten everybody together on this this is this what we're now selling When Jake Sullivan, who's a Biden advisor, was asked about will China, uh, will there be a response from the United States regarding China and lying about COVID? Well, nah. Let's turn to China. We still don't know whether the coronavirus developed naturally or whether it came from a lab in Wuhan. China is stonewalling an investigation and you said that we just can't take this lying down. So what does that mean in practical terms? If China won't allow access, will the United States consider action against China to increase the pressure? Well, first, Anna, there are two tracks that we're operating on in terms of trying to get to the bottom of how COVID-19 came into the world. One track is an intelligence community assessment that President Biden ordered. That has a 90-day clock on it, and in August, the intelligence community will report back. The second track is an international investigation led by the World Health Organization, for which President Biden has rallied Democratic partners to say there must be access to China to be able to get the data necessary to understand what happened here we are not at this point going to issue threats or ultimatums what we're going to do is continue to rally support in the international community and if it turns out that china refuses to live up to its international obligations we will have to consider our responses at that point and we will do so in concert with allies and partners now not publicly willing to commit to responding to china is different than whether or not they will you're going to have to. I can appreciate not publicly committing to such a thing. But am I to believe that the United States is ready to confront China on this and flat out call them liars, publicly or privately? And the answer is no. I don't believe that you, You. I don't believe you have a president Who who can do this? I don't. Now, I wanted to get into what's going on in Loudoun County. And I shared some of this earlier. I wanted to make sure you didn't miss it. Loudoun County, Virginia, where so much of this critical race theory conversation has been taking place because the school board there has lost their heads. And they all wanna push the idea that when you talk about critical race theory, you don't know what you're talking about. This is a legal theory. Of course, we're not teaching it in schools teaching social emotional learning you're teaching oppressed oppressor you have teachers making the claim that they need to be activists to protect their students as if somehow the parent doesn't matter you have a lot of defensive nature and a lot of attack nature going on from the school boards who don't want to be questioned but you have parents who for the first time are saying wait a second what's happening in our school is wrong the idea that we are, we're not teaching critical race theory, but we are teaching people that this is a class of oppressors, and if your skin looks like this, clearly you're guilty of X, Y, and Z. And we've got, was, is it a school board in Iowa? Has anybody been, been able to verify there's a school board in, in Iowa that is making the claim that MAGA, Make America Great Again, is actually white supremacy? This from an, from an Iowa school. That people claim that critical race theory doesn't exist and not being taught, yet you have teachers talking about teaching critical race theory? According to this pyramid, overt white supremacy is make America great again. Well, how evil is that? Yes, parents of all types and of all stripes are opposed to their children being taught this. And they are right. But in Loudon County, at a school board meeting, the school board, they've heard enough of the people. They don't wanna hear anymore. Free speech. They caught you red-handed with an enemies list to punish opponents of critical race theory. You're teaching children to hate others because of their skin color and you're forcing them to lie about other kids' gender. I am disgusted by your bigotry and your depravity. Joe Mobley to be followed by Donna Russell. So he gets cheered. He was done with his time, so they shut off his microphone. The cheering continues, and then the school board says, you know what, maybe enough of these people. Chair, I move to end public comment. Second. There's been a motion to end public comment. Is there a second? I second. second. Motion made by Ms. Reeser and seconded by Ms. King. Is there any discussion? All in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. Aye. Ms. Corbo, can I record your vote, please? Aye. Thank you. The motion carries 9-0. Public comment is now ended. We will move to our next agenda item. And that's how they shut up the parents of Loudoun County. And the parents of Loudoun County went, uh, what? And then it got loud. And then some people got arrested. Because the sheriff decided that the school board meeting all of a sudden became an unlawful assembly. For those of you playing the home game, riots in Portland, Oregon are fine. Riots in Seattle, Washington are fine. Riots in Minneapolis, Minnesota are fine. Riots in Indianapolis, Indiana are fine. Gathering as families do and parents do at a school board meeting in Loudoun County, Virginia. This is the end of days and is an unlawful assembly. That's really unbelievable. It got broken up, and then the parents, for some reason, launched into the, national, they launch into the National Anthem. I mean, that's just, okay. Well, maybe you should remember that it's still America, and these people can't silence you. But it's so fascinating to watch these school boards and these superintendents who don't understand that these parents aren't going to stop. They have the argument. You want to play a semantics game, it's not critical race theory call it whatever you want but we're calling it what we're calling it they have the overarching conversation the better conversation they don't have to get that specific for you you're teaching divisiveness and you're teaching wokeness and it has to stop if you have a school district that won't allow kids to take honors math because it makes other kids feel left behind and you need equity what you're teaching is bigotry it's evil And of course, parents should speak out against it. So maybe you should discuss it with parents and meet them where they are and recognize that. And to all these school boards, you've been not bothered by your local school board or by by parents for years. Well, that's really a shame on the parents. They should be paying more attention. But now they're paying attention and you don't get to dismiss them. That's over. They're here to stay. And they're going to run for your jobs, and some of them are going to be good at it, and some of them are going to be terrible at it. They'll learn how tough it is, but they're not going to have this for their kids. So you just, you just got to accept that. And by the way, what's happening in Loudoun County is happening all over the country. Certainly going to be happening all over Central Indiana, not unquestionable, unquestionable. It's going to be happening in Tulsa. It's going to be happening in Atlanta if it's not already. If it's not already. Superintendents need to be prepared for this. Parents are speaking out. Don't dismiss them. Listen to them. I'm Tony Katz. So as we know, Biden talking about his plan for dealing with violence that has impacted cities across the country, but he's speaking about it wrong because he's talking about gun violence as opposed to the underpinnings, the causes for the violence. And I would say of of anybody who talks about the idea of gun violence, it's it's a cowardly stance. You're not discussing the issue. That's the problem. You're not talking about the issue and you need to be talking about the issue. Tony Katz, so good to be with you guys. Tony Katz today. What's causing it? So, the, the, stra- the, the, the strategy addresses stemming the flow of firearms used to commit violence, providing law enforcement with more resources, investing in community violence intervention, expanding summer programs and employment opportunities, especially for young people, and helping formerly incarcerated people re enter their communities. Let me do a couple of these, if I may. Just so we'll go over there, you know, you you heard from Biden, you're going to hear from Biden. I just want to address these five things as written about by NBC News. Stemming the flow of firearms used to commit violence. If you're talking about people buying firearms illegally, feel free. If you're talking about keeping me from buying a firearm, hell no. Providing law enforcement with more resources. Is Joe Biden saying he's going to fund police departments? Because that's going to go over great with the squad. That's going to be amazing. Investing in community violence interventions. None of that has worked. Stop doing it. It's throwing good money after bad. The issue here is in some communities and is cultural and what do they want to do about it? And also regarding prosecutors in the cases they prosecute. If the prosecutors don't prosecute, the investment is meaningless. There has to be a response to the crime in question. Same thing with expanding summer programs and employment opportunities look around you there are employment opportunities everywhere It doesn't require any more money. Stop it Helping formerly incarcerated people re-enter their communities. How do I help? I? Think this one's huge. I think this one is massive Now I want you to know that I disagree with the idea of getting rid of the box so that refers to on an application The box saying, are you a convicted felon? I believe you should have to check the box. What we should be discussing is, what does an employer then want to do? What is the conversation the employer can then be having? What is it that the employer should be asking about or looking into to determine whether somebody is uh, capable of working for them again? Uh, Let's let's say it as it is, trustworthy uh, again that's what we should be doing and we should be working out for employers ways to engage conversations and working out for for uh ex-cons i don't know how else to call it right i'm not trying to be disparaging i'm just saying it ways to be able to answer the question so it's you're not being insulted no you don't get you don't get to sue because somebody asked they're allowed to ask Instead of making it adversarial, how do you make it conversational? And realize some people made some bad mistakes. Let let it not be the thing that ruins uh, the rest of their life. And let it not be the thing that keeps an employer from having an opportunity to find somebody who's great for what they do. You know, I was talking earlier, right, uh, with uh, Josh Aberski from uh, Premium Cigar Association. I know bakeries, you know, uh, cigar lounges are are looking for places. I know bakeries that would hire 20 people today. They can't find the people. Helping the formerly incarcerated people reenter their communities? How do I help? Maybe we actually found something we can all work on together. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Tomorrow, everyone.